0: You could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions. And that means the world to me. And I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much.
1: Oh, man, today, ladies and gentlemen, friends and family, Breakfast with Champions. It is a day to to be uh, remembered. One second. Okay, so a day to be remembered today because I have someone I'm going to interview today. And the person I'm going to interview today has helped me so much in the past weeks. it's uh, It's just incredible. and I, I, I felt obliged to tell the world. And I've mentioned her name before, so let me uh, just do a quick introdu- introduction. Linnell Burns began her coaching career in Connecticut in a corporate position, and because of her calm demeanor, advanced <laughs> listening skills she was promoted to a leadership position and shortly after was promoted once again as a subject matter expert, traveling to different parts of the country to train employees. Although she was happy with her position, she wanted to create a greater impact and decide to leave. decided to leave corporate America behind, focusing on being a full-time entrepreneur. While, being her, while building her business, she experienced a, a failed relationship. Her partner, 14 years, abandoned her and her three children to move in with his new girlfriend. Homelessness, and the devastating death of her mother added to the the problems. She had to lean into spiritual beliefs, not only to get through the rough patches of life, but also to keep her sanity and rediscover her strength. Those principles helped her rebuild her life and reclaim her power as a woman and as a mother. She's now showing others how to do the same with her coaching program called Dwell in the Spirit, which uses the Word of God to remind us that we are spiritual beings having having a human experience. Please welcome, welcome my coach and personal guardian angel, Lynell Burns. You there, Lynell?
2: Well, I'm here, Stephen. Good morning. Thank you so much for that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blessed by you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, just just to put things in in, in context here for everyone, uh, my name is Stephen Cohen. I'm uh, the author of Unleash Your Humble Alpha. You can grab it at humblealpha.com. Um, I'm a business advisor, um, as you just heard, maybe this morning a new NFT project, investment fund, and a bunch of other stuff going on. And my life was perfect. It was perfect. Perfect family, perfect wife, perfect life. And then that all per- perfection ended 65 days ago, 66 days ago, not that I'm counting. And um, my uh, my wife decided to uh, part ways. And that left me in a in the fetal position on the floor. Uh, and any of you in this room have heard me speaking during that time because I did not stop doing what I was doing. And in retrospect, I see why. Um, But at the time, I didn't know how I could keep going, but I did. And a lot of people in this room really helped that. Five days after that happened, six days after that happened, I I was in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky, uh, and met everyone. Um, So it was very hard. I I wasn't even present. Like, my my spirit body was back, you know, with the family. But I did the best I could, and I met, you know, I met everyone there. I met Linnell, and I met Glenn, and and Tamara, and just our TM, and, you know. TM put his hand on my back one time, and I felt like a jolt of of love. It was incredible. Um, and I was in a bad place. And Linnell, you know, she heard one of my one of my sessions, and she reached out. And I took my first session with her. And, you know, I'm the six foot four, you know, 220 ripped guy, you know, and I'm tough and all that kind of stuff. And, man, she had me in tears in about three and a half minutes. <laughs> and so I said, okay, she's on to something here. And she was able to ask questions that made me dig deep and allow me to take faith in the things that I thought that I, you know, that I had to control and take faith in God. And for me, as a, I was, you know, born and raised a Christian, lived in a monastery for eight months with the Benedictine monks, but I was never that scripture reader guy. And, uh, yeah, she's brought me to a different place. Uh, I'm in a power position. I'm in a total self-love position. I'm in a position where my business is booming, my life is booming, and my relationships are great, and it's selfless. So I have no against energy. I have no wants that are overly important or overly desired. And a lot of that has to do with Linnell. So Linnell, I want to ask you, just for, the, for, for everyone listening, what, how did you find me when we met? What was your first thought? So I, I, I want people to know, the difference between, we started talking about 35 days ago, so probably be 35 days of difference between then and now.
2: Awesome, that's a great Stephen, When you say, how did I find you, meaning as far as your personality or as far as your, stat, your status in
1: life? My, my position in life at that moment, my emotional I- and physical position at that moment.
2: Okay, awesome. Well, I actually did not know you uh, prior to the Grow For God conference, but I was, I was very intrigued by you because of what you did on stage when you remembered your family and you wanted to send a shout out to them, let them know that you love them. And I thought that was such a sweet moment because a man that can declare his love for his family publicly like that, it shows that you had nothing to hide. When you and I started speaking, what I found was that you were very selfless, but because of that selflessness, it was almost like blinders that were on. Um, you, your life was revolving around what you could do for your wife as opposed to who you were as a person and the the power that you had as a man. And so that was the thing that really made me want to just help you tap back into that.
1: And you certainly did. And it's it's funny you say that because um, I knew that. I just, I ignored it because when this all started, I was into that phase of of, I was in the phase of, Of excess importance excess desire trying to fix something and when you do that you lose your masculinity or you use your femininity you lose it you become that thing that no one wants to get in touch with (laughs) it's almost like begging uh, with the soul and uh, I I, you know you asked me a question I'll never forget it you said uh, you know I said well I've done this I've done that I'm doing this I'm doing that and and you said well when's the time for Steven and I'm a guy I train every day I do a lot of stuff for me but on the emotional side i guess i wasn't doing a lot for me and you really brought that to light and so how did you deal with me like what cuz you know you did it so calmly and quietly and with a with a consistency that there was no like pushing or pulling it was just consistent moving forward what how did you i mean how do you read someone and how do you know what to what to say
2: I, I dwell in my spirit a lot, and uh, when I say that is, I, I'm not really out, outwardly focused. I'm a, more of an internal person, getting in touch with the way that God moves in my life. And I am a Bible-believing Christian, but I'm not religious. And so the person that I try to emulate the most is Jesus Christ. And one of the things that Jesus did was he never just took someone at face value. He always wanted to make sure that he understood them. He asked them questions. He wanted to know about them. He communed with them in the masses. While everyone else was deciding that they were higher than, Jesus came to their level. He met them where they were. And one of the things that alerted me That you were in a less than powerful position was the fact that all of your conversations centered around your wife. There was nothing that you were saying to me that came from a place of Stephen. You told me about, you know, and I don't want to go into detail because I don't want to break your confidentiality, but you told me about things that kind of sent up red flags for me because. It was so focused on her that I don't know you even knew that you were doing it. Um, if you don't mind, one of the things that you said to me was there was a change in behavior that you, wanted you to um to take part and you did. And when you said that I realized that it was like a manipulation to have a power. Tool. And that's the reason I knew where you were. Cause I saw it, I heard it, and your demeanor was just there. It was absolutely there.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's, it, it's, you know, and a lot of people ask me like, Steven, how can you go public with this stuff? You're like, you know, you coach like the new mayor of New York City's special assistant, you know, and Eric Adams special assistant, you coach, you know, entrepreneurs with $50 million companies. And how can you just go out there and say that you're in this weak place? And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I didn't care because I, I didn't care. Uh, this wasn't about my reputation or what people think on the outside or I actually don't really give much credence to that any, anyway. And then to talk to people that I don't even know openly about this. Some people thought I was a nutcase, but I've lost my mind and that I was in a ditch and wasn't to be safe. Um, but you didn't see that, you know, you saw, I like what you did is you, didn't look at the obvious and you didn't listen to my obvious and you looked for the core and what was the issue and you saw that I wasn't in my power um, I knew that but I had no no idea how to get back into it and so you um, <clears throat> when you do things like this right I mean let's say right now um, someone just shows up and they're like hey Linnell um, and I think you all should if you seek a coach um, I would literally. Uh, uh, urge you to talk to Linnell because it changed my life. Um, How would you, what's the first thing you start with? Like, what's the, you know, I mean, what's the first thing you start? Like when you, when you met me, like, okay, I, I, this guy, because of his family, with the love he shows, he has nothing to hide. How do you, I mean, I, I can't remember how you approached me. You just wrote me, didn't you?
2: I did. What I said to you was I heard your segment and I wanted to know whether you would be open. To hearing some of the ways I've been able to get past the trauma.
1: And yes, that's right. And I remember because of the trauma that you had, which was very uh, um, similar to what i'm I was going through, um that's why I accepted. okay, cool, cool, good. I couldn't remember. All right, so what do you tell somebody right now who's in a position similar to mine or to yours, what yours was back then? Someone's in a position where they're they're outside of their power. The outside forces their family or their or, you know their job or something has left them hanging what do you tell them
2: i would say to really figure out where you are emotionally i think we live in a society that does not embrace our core we embrace the things that are outside the instagram photos the big cars the fans that kind of thing but it's the internal stuff that really makes us who we are. And so if they through a situation right now where they feel lost, where they feel depressed, where nothing is making sense, the first thing I would say is to recenter by remembering who you are. Write down all of your attributes. We're so focused on the negative things in life, we forget about the positive. Who are you? And that was one of the I kept asking you, and you would tell me about all the stuff that you did, but you couldn't work. And so, who are you? Who are you at the core? Are you someone that loves? Are you someone that stands and to connect with other people? A communicator? Are you someone that I can come to? Say, There's an issue that I'm right now how can you help me and instead of me an external thing you can this is what i did in order to get there and that's what i do in my own coaching i just show people how okay so Mm -hmm.
1: uh, go ahead so um you i think i think a big part of that is that when someone is thrown into a situation out of their let's say out of their control what they think is out of their control they lose all that identity they lose everything i mean even though um, my fortunate thing is that i had a mission outside of my 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 relationship and that was my business mission and that's the only thing that kept me going cuz i am not i'm 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 not, you know you know i had dark thoughts like i haven't had since the war and i mean i mean seriously close to uh doing stupidity you know and that's because i was completely ripped out of of what i thought was my world right and, uh, man, it was debilitating to say the least, but I want to dive in now to how you use the scripture when it comes to coaching. Cause that's, that's not a, um, a common thing. I don't think at least I've never seen it. Um, I know, um, Dela Cruz just uh, started her faith-based coaching as well. Um, but what, how do you implement? Because, you know, it's like, yeah, pray for God and, and, you know, and have faith and all that kind of, that's. Everyone does that. So like everyone in this room probably prays every day just like I do. But you you had a little bit different way to go about it. You want to explain a little bit?
2: Absolutely. So the principles that I use are the fruit of the spirit. And I think it was Tamara that was talking about all of the things that are good and pure and good. those are the things that we focus on. And so the fruit of the spirit, and for those of you who are not Christians, um, what that basically means, or there are certain attributes or characteristics of people that are really walking not so much just God-centered, but spirit-centered, and so the um, specific behaviors are love, joy. I'm sorry, joy, peace, forgiveness, kindness, self-control, gentleness, patience and faithfulness. These are the attributes that I use in my own life in order to be able to connect with someone else. And so when we get to the point where we know the the spirit that is operating in our lives, we can then decide whether or not we are going to continue to let that spirit operate. With you, Stephen, one of the things that was happening was you were out of power because you didn't know who you were anymore. You were no longer operating in love because of the situation, having joy. There was no peace. Your your patience was running thing, thin. The good things that you had built, all of a sudden, they weren't good things anymore because your wife had decided they weren't. And so when we can get to this core, and understand the attributes of our spirit and when we are in alignment with our our truth that's when we can move to the next level and get past the things that we're going through it's no longer external it's all internal
1: okay so how do you how do you how does that tie into the i guess your spirit the holy spirit god praying bible like how does that all tie together
2: well, for me, I don't believe God is in heaven. I think that God is in us and we create heaven or hell. And so when we have an outside, for example, let's say we have someone that's sick in our household and we cannot control whether or not they're going to get well, what this does is it puts us into a state of anxiety and we start worrying about the things that could happen and how our life is gonna change, and we get out of the present moment and we get into the what ifs. We're already projecting into the future all of the what ifs, but what that does is it removes us from that place of power because now we've we've created a whole scenario. We don't know what the future holds, so we're creating a whole scenario Like TM said this morning, it it hasn't even happened. So why are we creating this? But when you have the fruit of the spirit and you know that you are in that moment, right in that moment, who am I, what am I feeling, and how can I get out of this situation? I mentioned that I am not religious, but I am spiritual. So when I pray, I pray to God as though he is sitting right here with me. I'm telling him what it is that i want and i'm also reminding him of what his word says so in the bible god makes certain promises to us he says to us that if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness all things will be added unto us so when i pray i repeat that back to god and i say, lord your word says and then I, I you know, I follow with that scripture. I then also tell him, because you are not a man that you can lie, like your word says, and I keep reminding God of what he has promised to me. Because he's promised to me, I have to now be in the moment and be expecting to receive those blessings. I hope that answers your question, Stephen. Man,
1: that's powerful. You know, I've heard that before where, you know, you got to talk to God like you talk to someone across from you. And I've heard that before, too, that you, you, I never heard him say, remind him of his words, but, uh, you know, sort of repeat the words to sort of bring it to light. That's powerful. I love that. Um, typically, I, you know, I'll do half an hour, 45 minutes of, um, of interview, but I feel like um, we're in a place right now where, um, you know, we're in the room and there's 253 people in here. And... I think there's probably some people here with some some situations they're going through right now that might need some advice. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but you did so much for me. I thought maybe you'd be into um, <laughs> maybe short speed coaching or whatever you want to call it um, for anyone in the room who has has a question. What do you think?
2: I think that would be fine, Stephen. Let's go ahead and grow this morning.
1: Yes, indeed, I love it. So let's let's see some some mic flashes of anyone who would like to. Uh, speak with Linnell about uh, any issues or have any comments go ahead
3: I, yeah Stephen. Yes. hey this is jackie
1: <clears throat> hey jackie first,
3: first of all you know we have a saying in the black church Linnell. She, you were speaking so well i almost threw my pocketbook at you girl it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> so that was so amazing and and Stephen, thank you for having Linnell on she's such an amazing woman that I also met her at Grow For God. She was having a moment. We were in the bathroom together. Actually, she and I were in the bathroom together. and We were standing at the sink and she was crying and she was just kind of in her own emotional state because we was in that praise and worship part of service. And she was just having a moment in the bathroom and I didn't know her name at the time, but we just kind of connected spiritually. I said, I could see that you're feeling, you know, you're really feeling the spirit of God. She said, I'm feeling so full. And so from that moment i didn't even know we didn't i didn't ask her name we didn't even know we just having that spiritual moment at the time and so i didn't know she was lanelle until i got back and we were on clubhouse again I said, "Oh, that was you lanelle and so the the point i want to make about lanelle is that she is who she is i mean she's true to who she is when you you send all these things about her steven that she is really just like that as i was going through a bio there's nothing about lanelle there it's all about what she can do to help you. It's all about who, who she is and helping the servant leader that she is to help other people. So, you know, she and I have been back chatting, you know, often every time we get on the on here, we always speak and say things. She's so amazing. I just love your spirit, Lanelle. I love, you know, who you are. You never put yourself first. You're always thinking about, you know, blessing other people. So I just absolutely love and adore you, Lanelle. Thank you so much, Stephen, for having on. This is Jackie, I'm okay. done speaking.
1: Thanks, Jackie, you want to say anything?
2: I absolutely love her. It was so funny when Jackie and I connected here in the back channel, like she was like, oh my goodness, I don't know if you remember me, but we were in the bathroom together. And I'm like, of course I remember you. I just didn't know your name, but it's so good that we were able to meet at that conference. And I don't think anyone can really understand what happened at that conference unless they were there, even if they watched the videos and it's all the stuff that didn't happen on camera that was so special and Jackie, I absolutely love you, thank you for who you are
1: I man, I think that's a strap line for the uh
4: the conference what do you say yeah you know I'm over here (laughs) taking all the notes you guys are such a gift (laughs) to me this morning because I'm literally talking about the conference at 8 30 and I'll speak into Linnell too and just knowing her, her power that she has, and the presence—like she literally is a conduit for the Holy Spirit—and um, so as she's talking and thinking through, and this might be conversation or concepts that people don't understand, and people have been utilizing that phraseology of like, "I'm not religious, I'm spiritual," but truly understanding the spirit of God and the fruits of the spirit from Galatians five twenty-two that she's referencing—it truly changes everything about you, because when you are are willing to stand in that pocket of self-control in that pocket of forbearance who, who nobody yearns for forbearance if you don't know what that means it literally means like the waiting season it means like um the endurance of a process right and god is existing in the process and he's just processing with you all the time now and i love the way that you help others do the same so i love this conversation thanks thanks tamra good morning good
5: morning,
1: morning. who's speaking
4: it's Dolores.
1: Hello, Dolores. I was going to call on you. Perfect timing.
5: Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Good morning, amazing people of God. I was up this morning, and for the last three years, it was like everything was stripped away. And in my spirit, as I said to God, okay, you finally have my attention. What I've learned is that I lost everything I thought I needed but I actually gay. I found everything I've always wanted. And let me explain. In life, sometimes we can mistake the end of a thing as a problem or being in the midst of a perplexing experience as something from the enemy. When in fact, what I have come to learn is that God can place us in places to prove who he is and who we can be come. As a result of the relationship with God, the last three years, almost, I have lived in the house with someone, a, a friend of mine. She opened her home to me because everything within my power just didn't matter. My master's degrees, appearances on television, it didn't matter. Meeting, none of that mattered. And I realized i have been running from so much pain. From five years old when my Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five: Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way
4: you start your day.
5: Mother died. To 51 years old, where I am today. And every time I would face conflict, I would say, That's the devil. (laughs) But what God has shown me in stripping all of these things away are a couple of things. Number one, there's so many things that I don't need. Number two, I have to learn to work through conflict. Because life is full of conflict and relationships. And there were things that he showed me about my inability, actually, to surrender and let him be God. In, 2000, in 2020, I fell and broke my leg, right leg, dislocated my ankle. Here in this home of my friend. And her and her son waited on me hand and foot. I mean, washed clothes and everything. Then I had COVID and I was laying in the bed with the same t-shirt on and I couldn't breathe. I had oxygen and I was talking to God and I said, God, are you really going to let me die like this? I mean, I'm 50 years old. I really haven't lived. And he just let me say all, and I stayed in this house by myself with COVID for 14 days. And then finally he said to me, burn your grave clothes. You're not dead yet. So look around. You see all that medicine? Get rid of it. Every time you go to Walmart, you're buying medicine because you're anticipating being sick. I need you to anticipate being alive. Then I kept going and I'm going to land the plane. The other day there was conflict and I called some friends. I was like, you got to come and get me. We got to put my stuff in storage. I know God is trying to show me something. I've had a voucher to, to get a new place, but I haven't been able to secure a new place. And then finally I stopped. You all gave us the assignment to find one word as we go into 2022. And my one word was clutter free. And something amazing happened to me. I started removing clutter, my mind became clear. So then God let me know. He says, you know what? You've been ungrateful. You've been very judgmental. You don't appreciate things. And the truth was he was right. I was so accustomed to depending upon myself. I couldn't see that God was giving me the opportunity to live rent free so that I could heal from the inside out. I began to clean the place Instead of complaining about what, what what wasn't working, I began to embrace the young man who lives here at 22. At 21, I apologized to him, and I found this amazing peace that does surpass all understanding. The last thing I'll leave with you is, God is good, and God is good on purpose. Have an amazing day.
1: Mic drop. Wow. Um. I think that was profound the analogy it's actually not an analogy but it's the true story about how you were living rent-free and you didn't realize it you didn't realize what the gift was that happens to all of us you know and seeking that seeking what what we have seeking gratitude uh, seeking the good over the bad seeking the positive over the negative seeking the beauty over the ugliness uh, it, it literally is just a conscious on-purpose thing and I'm so glad you spoke to that because it's something that is really um, in in focus now in this world uh, is there's a lot of focus on the bad and more than ever. And there's a lot of focus on separation and division more than ever. And we tend not to look at ourselves anymore and what we have and what we're, where, why we should be grateful. So thank you for that. Linnell, any comments?
2: Yes, Stephen. And so I just wanted to speak to the fact that you know, when you said that you were preparing, you were calling people to tell them what was going to happen. But then the Lord told you that you would live and not die. That's basically it in a nutshell. You know, when we think we're about to die, the God, our God says, you shall live and you will not die. And that's what we have to remember. It doesn't matter what the situation is. And I have been through some Stuff. I, I tell you, if you knew half of my story, oof, if you knew what God has done for me, Lord, I tell you, it has been a journey. But for me to be here right now, I've counted all joy for everything that I've been through. And so I just want to encourage everyone out there it doesn't matter what the devil is whispering in your ear. If you don't believe in the devil, it doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. If you don't, if you, if you take nothing else away from this today, let it be known as TM said, or I believe it was core element, the power of life and death is in your tongue. Bridle your tongue. Stop saying and speaking to the things that you do not want to manifest in your life. And I promise you, your life will change. This is when I'll go ahead and mute out.
1: Yeah, hey, hey, excellent, hey, Steven, and Steven. that's the truth. Thoughts become things, right? That inner dialogue that becomes the truth. And it's what we were talking about, what I was talking about yesterday was <clears throat> that excess importance and excess desire, you make problems for yourself when you do that, right? So you're focusing on something so so hard that you're actually creating doubt. And loss, and so um, well, well, well put. Um, so Dakota had a question.
4: Yeah,
6: I do, sure. This has been so powerful, and um, I- I'm going through something right now where my niece and my nephews—they're eleven down to five. There's four of them. They're my absolute world. I love them like my own. Um, I have a very jealous, manipulative—I um, don't want to use the word bitchy, but I will—sister who. Um, if nothing else, you know they've moved away, and 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 seeing them spending time is very difficult. I I I look at all these families that enjoy getting to spend time with each other, and I mean I do everything for these kids. These kids love me, but she makes it very very difficult. And I'm doing everything I can to not put anger, you know, and I fill her with love. And I, I've asked her what her problem is with me. Everybody knows it's it's a jealousy type of thing. Um, again, I, I get nothing from her. She's a stonewall. I do everything I can to make memories with these kids, maybe through Portal. I'd make the most of what I can when I do get to see them. Is there any advice of how some people say, Dakota, just stop pushing Tiffany. Just stop, you know, back off. It'll, my fear is I, I don't want to lose memories with them. I love them. They're my world. But what is your advice on dealing with somebody like this who is just has something or a vendetta against you and there's just nothing you can do? Again, trying to keep it as positive as possible. Do you feel she, she'll, she'll come around? What, what have you dealt with that? I'd love your opinion. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you for the question. What I would say to you is, how do you think about her in your mind? Because I've heard several things, um, vindictive, manipulative, uh, bitchy, excuse my language, y'all. And I've heard things that you use to describe her. And so as you're describing her, and I know you love the children, But in order for someone to be willing to give you what you are ultimately looking for, they have to also want to commune with you. And so what is the relationship that has been created between you and your sister? And how can you heal that? And one of the ways that I know for myself, because I've had to... I've had to forgive my ex and I've had to be able to speak to the pain, but not continue to live in the, in the muck of it. And so what are some of the things or some of the ways that you and your sister, is it your sister or sister-in-law?
6: No, it's my sister. And I do, I, I pour love on her. I will never, because I know if I was to say these things that I feel about her, it's only gonna exacerbate the problem, you know? But I'm constantly telling her, I love you, I'm proud of you. You know, I'm very proud of her. She's she's very, she runs a lot. She's very successful, and I try to promote her. But she wants nothing to do with me. And I just, again, I know it's coming from her. I just don't know the best way to, to turn it around. Again, um, I, I don't speak evil things to her. I speak po- positivity and love. But I, I, let me let me add. Ball.
1: Let me Dakota. Let me add something. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, well, so so people, we have two ways to look look at a person <laughs> in your life. You can look at them as a separate person who you're trying to convince or love or whatever. Or you can look at them as a mirror of what's inside of you and a lot of times we say a lot of stuff you know maybe I love um, this person but I have I have animosity towards them for some unknown reason or for some reason if my energy is not aligned with my words and my belief and my and my certainty inside of me is not aligned with my words you can say whatever you want and it will hit a brick wall so I'm gonna ask you straight out is your heart pure when it comes to your sister if it's not that's where the issue lies That if your heart's pure and you speak from that place, it can turn it around, and I mean in seconds, and I do it all the time now with my wife. Bad mood, really like aggressive and just wants to justify why she's doing what she's doing through making me the bad guy. I simply come to my place, come to my presence, own who I am, and she mirrors it back, immediately changing her mood. So you can break through. You can reach that, but you've got to be pure of heart in your intentions of actually not just saying it, but giving that love unconditionally, That's- unconditionally, and no expectations. That's the hard part because you're like, look, I'm giving you love. Why aren't you answering me? Well, she doesn't have to, right? It will come. I promise you. It will come. Let go of any expectations.
6: That's awesome. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start right now. Thank you so much, guys.
1: Good. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, then we had Michael Guthrie wanted to ask a question. Michael,
7: please. Hey, good morning, Linnell. Thank you so much. Um, just from TM's room to this, and just you know, we're all we've all got different struggles in our life, and the light that's being shined uh, for people to get out of their darkness is amazing. And I would recommend a book before I ask the question. It's a it's a book called um, Pre- uh, Perfect Presence, and um, it's an amazing book about practicing that God is in the now that just even with what Dakota just said, if I can put myself in a situation where God is in the now, God is with me right this minute. How does he want me to behave? How does he want me to speak? Um, uh, no matter what the circumstances are, uh, it makes the present perfect. And, uh, uh, and then Linnell, I sent you and Steve in the back channel, a, an old, old song about, um, I'm not I'm not religious. I just love the Lord uh, because I love what you said earlier on. But my question is I went through a significant uh, health challenge in 2019 that just absolutely deepened my faith in such extraordinary ways and uh, you know with what you do and how you coach you know why is it that we have to be stripped down <laughs> to the very bottom uh to find God when when God is in the now um you know, why is it that when we reach out to hold on to God um, because of whatever is going on in our life, we realize that he's been holding on to us the whole time. And I'm just curious about what your thoughts are on that is the, the way that we're made, because we're obviously we're made to be in a relationship with God. There's a void in our heart that until it's filled by God, we can never be uh, totally um, whole. Um, but why is it that 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 we've got to get down, stripped down the bottom? just like Stephen uh, shared earlier about his own life, that he had to get to a certain place before. You could come in and allow the Spirit to um, do a work in His life?
2: That's such a great question, Michael. And, you know, I asked God that many times. And the answer that I have gotten came from an example with Jesus. So when we look at the life of Jesus, He dedicated His entire life to spreading the good news and to letting people know that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. However, when it came time for Jesus to spread his arms and die on the cross, he went into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And the thing that Jesus asked God in that moment was, Father, if it is your will that this cup pass from me, then I ask you, to do your will and then he turned around and he wept and so in that moment it shows me that Jesus even in his sovereignty he was still fearful he was still going through it he was still in an emotional state that literally he was afraid and he went to God and asked that the cup be removed and we know that it did not. So to answer your question, in our weakness, God's God's strength is made in perfection. And he's perfecting us. He's using us in order for us to be a testimony to someone else. And it's not comfortable. It's not something that we want to go through. It's not something that, you know, as you look back in life, you're like, why God? Why is it? that you allowed me to go through this, even though you were there. Why did you let me go through it? And so that we can have testimonies like this so that someone else that is going through that situation or has been there can have the hope to know that they come, they come out on the other side. And Michael, I hope that answered your question.
1: Michael.
7: Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, absolutely. I just, uh, you know, it'd just be so nice if (laughs) we could always, you know, realize that, that, that he's with us when we're being blessed and when things are just awesome. And um, you know, but I think again, the sinfulness, the brokenness, the uh, in our lives, when we, when we have things going well, We can take it for granted and we can almost begin to believe that we're doing it on our own power. And it's not not because of the blessing of God. And uh, uh, it just, uh, you know, this this whole thing. I mean, I've been writing a a blog for a couple of years now called Thankful in All Things. And it's the subtitle is Lessons Learned Through Adversity. um, Because, you know, in, in that place, I think we just realize we're broken, we're weak and we can't do it on our own. And therefore we need we need God and then we need each other. I think of the the passage where um I just got done watching the Netflix series uh, the chosen if you haven't watched it it's it's really good but um uh, the four friends take the paralyzed guy to Jesus and they literally lower him down the uh off the roof because they couldn't get in the building and it, until I was sick and couldn't move for 17 days I never saw this in the scripture and I think that's another thing as you read the the scripture every time it's new because you're in a different place but I never read the line in that passage where it said because of your faith the paralyzed man is going to be healed it was the four friends that carried him to jesus carried them to g carried the paralyzed man to jesus and jesus said because of your faith because of the friend's faith, i'm going to forgive and and heal this man and the man gets up and walks out and i just think the power of the fact that because of our faith we can make a difference in somebody else's life is is just such a cool thing, and and I hope that that's an encouragement. Is certainly this room and other rooms, there are people that surround each other and uh, and point into each other, and and because of our faith, we can we can help people toward that um, that journey of faith.
1: Awesome, Michael. Thank you so much. Really, really good. Really, really if I, good.
7: If I um, say
2: one thing in regards to what Michael just said, yes. there is a passage in the Bible that says. Jesus would have done more miracles, but he could not because the people did not believe. And I thank you for that, Michael. That's exactly where we are. You know, if you don't believe it, you can say that you are a Bible-believing Christian. they ingrained in you from day one. Whatever you want to say, but like Stephen said, where are you actually coming from? Because if your words are not aligning with what it is that you of you, it's not going to happen. I'll go ahead and mute out Stephen.
7: Stephen, real quick, and then I'll shut up. But Linnell, what you just said is so important because uh, I don't know who said this at first, but you can know all about God. You can know all about Jesus. I went to the University of Virginia and and did a lot of studying in, in the religion department, and there were professors that knew all about God, knew all about Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus. They did not know Jesus. They did Amen. not have a personal relationship with Jesus. And because of that, they, the, the void in their heart was not filled, and they didn't have the peace and the wholeness that God wants them to have.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Michael. Very, very, very excellent. So we got about 15 minutes left. Actually, we have 15 minutes left. Um, I think I think what we're getting at here, uh, Linnell, Is that it's all within just like you said in the very beginning not not, not you just said it and now we just sort of went through the discussions and it all ends up the same right the same answer so break it down someone who's sitting in the room right now going like yeah you can say that but how do i freaking do it like how do i get out of this funk how do i make this happen how do i take my power back
2: well first of all you have to recognize that your power is gone you know, I think a lot of times we fool ourselves into thinking that we can do it on our own and that we have done everything and we've gone to God and we've cried and we've begged and we've done everything, right? But yet, when it comes to actually communing with him, that's a different story. When I say commune, meaning your spirit is matching his spirit. We are spiritual beings on a human experience and what we try to be are human beings on a spiritual experience and it doesn't work because we're so focused on trying to do, we have to understand that the power is in being. That's what it is. The power is in being, being in that moment being in a state of mind where you literally surrender to him like a child, where you say, God, I don't know what your will is for my life, but Lord, whatever you do, it is good for me. have to really take the stance that Jesus took in the garden. He is petrified of what's going to happen to him. We know he was Right? Because it said that he prayed and his, his sweat was like drops of blood. So we know there was anxiety because the only time I can think of that I start having beads of sweat that are dropped down like that is when I'm in a panic state, right? And so we have to get out of that panic in mind and get to a point where we are calm, we understand the promises of God. We uh, realign our spirit with him and we know that regardless of what is going on, this too shall pass and he's not going to forsake us. So that's what I would say, Stephen.
1: Yeah, amen. And, th- you know, I, I have to say that when I was in my deepest, darkest and, and everyone who said to me, Stephen, you're you're strong. This is going to pass. You're going to make this. You're going to be a better person afterwards. I, I wanted to, like, say, just take a hike. Actually, I wanted to say harsher words you know <laughs> because i was looking on the outside like why am i even talking to them right now because i was looking for advice right i was looking for help and most people they don't know what to say of course not what are you going to say you know and uh yeah you'll be oh you'll be stronger it's me amazing and you know and you're just like oh jeez i can't hear this i can't hear this and so when i went to you and when we started talking and i realized i, mean, I always realized that i think but I think I'm a person, I always need to do something new. I can never use the same solution twice. I don't know, it's just one of my tics. And there's ways that I've used to get back centered and to get my power back and things, but it just wasn't working then because I've never been faced with anything like this before. And uh, you brought it back in such perspective in such a short time um, that it wasn't only the coaching, it was like the homework that you gave me, right? So like write my own prayer out every single day and you know, be focused on that and then the pros and the cons of the situation that i'm in um you know and just just that whole uh, like palms 20 psalms 27 you know dissect i had to dissect it and figure out what it meant for me you didn't tell me what it meant and that it's just little things it took 20 minutes maybe 15 20 minutes and it really <clears throat> took my mind off my mind <laughs> right and it put my mind up into the spirit uh and it made made it made a massive difference i mean you guys can hear it in my voice right i mean it's just it's incredible, so want well, thank you for that. Um, anyone else have any questions for Linnell or myself for comments?
4: even, it's so camera. I wanted to speak into hey, what you and Linnell and Michael were just throwing around there for a minute. And and the original question that he had was like, how uh, or why? And then your question was, well, then how do we fill back up from that place of void, yeah. that rock bottom? Um, yeah. And it's this knowing that often, most often, our flesh gets in the way of our spirit. And whether or not we think we're cerebral people and we think that we're spiritual and all of these things about ourselves, we're constantly in this state of like getting. Let me get the answers. Let me get under this under control. Let me get obviously tangible things. And she talked about that process of decluttering. Minimalism was a massive part of my spiritual journey and decluttering what it is that you think you need and actually coming back to that place of surrender, like Linnell said. And so I would just encourage people to get to a place where they are in that void. That's where the transition from getting and doing shifts into that being that we're talking about. And while people so often don't want to release things. Um, my word for the year, and I, I do it over my birth year, not the annual calendar year, because that's my activation season is the year. doesn't matter what the calendar says. It is the knowing that like, if we can release what's in our hands, the outcome, the expectations, any of those pieces, even what we think is best for us, God has greater and more good in store for you. But you have to be willing to be okay and comfortable with that rock bottom to know that he's going to replenish that void and such a way that is back to the first part of the conversation and the fruit, uh, fruits of the spirit. So just wanted to okay. drop that and allow Follow people up. to know. Follow up. Let's you're, go. Not,
1: you're not getting off that easy. You're not getting <laughs> that easy. Okay. Off that easy. <laughs> so, so, so the tangible part of it, like give me an example. Like people in the room right now or myself even like, well, okay, that's that sounds fantastic. And and very spiritual and airy and holistic and whatever, but what's what do you 100%. mean declutter? Yeah, so I
4: went yeah. through and utilized the minimalism project as well as Project 333. You can look all of these up. And I also did the Marie Kondo process. Um, and this was in the process of, my marriage crumbling, both of my businesses, both, both global and local going to the wayside and feeling like I was in that rock bottom expression. Like, what can I do to feel and to breathe again, ultimately from fetal position to activation. And I went around my house and literally got rid of everything that I didn't bring me hope, didn't bring me inspiration. And I had a house that was like, nooks and crannies and shelving units and, um, similar to, to the cookie cutter box house. Right. And we had just gone through a renovation where we had knocked down all of our walls. And who knew that that would be a prophetic experience for what was about to happen oh, on my wow. inside and in my marriage wow. just a couple months later. And I went back and I had these bins and I was trying to redecorate and there was nowhere to put these things, these knickknacks, these little gifts and presents and little idols, essentially, whether you think they're idols or not, even gifts from Christmas, right? Does that actually bring you joy? Oftentimes it's something we play with for a duration of time and it might bring back a memory, but similar to a a very close relative of mine who is an actual hoarder, like he could be on the show Hoarders. Um, when I was going through and helping him clean out his house a few months later after I had gone through this experience, I was watching him literally jump into a dumpster and take things out of the dumpster. And I was like, what are you doing? That's, that's actually broken. It, it, like It's shattered. It's not going to work. And I said, what about that brings you joy? And it was a memory. It was the fact that his son had taken this thing and flipped off the back of the couch sideways. And during that time... His son and that memory was the only piece of joy that he could breathe through. And so what we did, and I suggest you doing the same, if there are trinkets or idols or things that you have around you that just bring you so much memory, but not joy, Take a picture of them, create an album within your phone so you can go through and you can swipe through with your child and say, oh my gosh, this is what happened when this happened. But actually having extra things in your physical space declutters you and doesn't allow you to get to that place of void where God can fill you up. And so we did that and I've done that. And those things don't bring me joy. The memory brings me joy and the memory doesn't take space. And therefore there's no false idolship in it. Hopefully that's oh, a very right. literal experience.
1: That is very literal. Thank you so much. That makes it clear. I also want to want to touch on that, Tamara. Um, and my cousin, Monica, um, was a organizational specialist for many years. She was on TV and radio and you know was on stages everywhere. Monica, do you have something to say to that?
8: I do, Tamara. Um, what a great aspect you brought up is minimalism because in the 20 years that organizing and productivity was my career. I was self-employed. I dealt with not only the stuff, but everything underneath the stuff. And that's where the magic lives. When you can dig underneath and go, what is going on with me that I have filled my life with things outside myself? What am I trying to heal that's inside myself? That is where you begin to see liberation. And that is where you begin to see a lightening of that burden and begin realizing how much you have as a human being, how much you're given. And it is a process. Again, I keep using the word process. I find myself going back to that all the time because that is what life is, is a constant process of moving forward. And every little drawer that you look at and can put order to. And every little space in your life that you can clean up physically helps you access a space internally that you can then clean up and that you have access to address. And, you know, going back to uh, the, um, the verses, order up, uh, and I'm not a Bible scholar, so forgive me and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there is a verse that says order is heaven's first law or something like that. And so I just love the fact that we're, in- we're integrating our external world with our internal world and how when those things are incongruent, it, it can create chaos, but addressing it can really create liberation. Thank you, Stephen, for asking me to share. I appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Linnell, let's go back to you. Um, we have one more request for a follow-up. Um, we got four minutes left. I wanna leave it to Linnell to close out, but before we do, um, um, Dolores, if you wanna keep make it short and give us your uh, follow-up.
5: Okay, thank you. When you all were talking about this, I realized I was holding on things because I lost things so early in life. Remember I mentioned my mom and that was a root thing. And so I was holding on to everything. But a few years ago, I hired an organizer. And what I found is I literally was in a fetal position on the bed because no one had ever shown me how to let go of things. And she walked me through it. And to this day, we are still sisterly connected because of God. And I'm just saying, you know, when when you realize there's a blockage or root problem, once we can address that, then we can let it go. And I'm still in the process of letting go. And she moved. But as someone said, I pick my word is it's clutter free. And every day I feel renewed. So it's possible after we address the root and surrender it.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Now, if that's not an outcome that, that, that we love to hear. Linnell, you got about three minutes. Would you like to close it out with something prophetic and powerful?
2: Uh, uh, Well, I would like to just thank you, first of all, for doing this and for us to bring God to the forefront, for us to remember him the way he remembers us constantly, never leaving us, never forsaking us. I just want to let everyone know that it's never too late to just... Hold on to his hand, regardless of what your religious belief is. At the end of the day, all he wants is a relationship with you. And so what I'd like to do, if you allow me to, is I'd actually like to pray the room out, if that's okay. Yes. Okay. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for the ability to be in your presence, Lord. Lord, you said where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are in the midst. And we know that you're not a man that you can lie. So we are just thanking you for being in our presence this morning. We thank you for the ability to see, to hear, to speak, to taste, to feel, Lord God. We thank you for the ability to breathe. No matter what this day brings to us, dear God, we just ask that your unchanging hand continues to just be upon us, dear God. Let us remember the goodness that is in you. Give us a peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. Lord, you said that if we seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, that all things would be added unto us. And so, dear God, we are asking for the fruits of the Spirit, To be that which is added unto us today, we have more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, Lord God. Lord, we we thank you for the forbearance, Lord God. We just thank you for every single fruit of that spirit. And let our life be something that someone else can come and say she or he walks with God because we have communed with your spirit this morning. Lord, we don't take it lightly that you are here, and we don't take it lightly that you have breathed life into us today. And so for that, Lord, we thank you. If we don't say anything else today to you, Lord God, we just want to say thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Amen. Amen.
1: amen. amen. Wow. Amen. 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 Thank you, Linnell. What a true pleasure. A- anyone who, who wants to reach out to Linnell, please do here. Uh, on the app. Um, obviously, she has emails and things like that, but here's probably the best way to do it. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Linnell, you made a, a massive impact in my life, and I thank you for that. I love you for that. You're my guardian angel. Uh, I'll never forget that, and I'm always here for you, just like everyone else in the room. I'm here for you if you ever need anything. Thank you all for tolerating my ups and downs and uh, strengthening who I am, and thank you uh, just for being present here, and uh, Linnell, that was a one heck of a prayer. Thank you so much.
2: You're incredible, Stephen.
1: Thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, happy new year to everyone. Um, And I hope you all come into the year 2022 with a solid version of who you are, the power within loving unconditionally with no expectations and allowing yourself, allowing the world around you to mirror your positivity and the love that you have for yourself, because that's where the true power lies for me.